It's time for another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 76 of Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. Advance your career with an MBA. The Ivy MBA offers a flexible schedule for working professionals. Ask about scholarships and waiving the GMAT. Learn more at ivybusiness.iastate.edu. That was, a, that was like a true professional. Thank you. It's like you've heard someone read that a few times. I was, I was a one-take wonder is what I was. It was a one-take wonder. I'm proud of you. Thank you. What's going on, man? Uh, just trying to adjust to these new microphones and stuff, man. You got me thrown off. Right. We're, uh, we talked about this on Football and Random Things the other day. Mm-hmm. We sound much more professional. Yep. Our voices sound much more intense. I feel like you can, you can probably hear my thinking through the microphone if you're listening to this right now. That's how good these mics are. I wonder what your thinking would sound like. I'll just, here, I'll think of something, and you tell me if you can hear it. All right, guess what I was thinking. I don't know. <laughs> I was randomly thinking about Paul Rhodes. I don't know why. But my, <laughs> my mind went to Paul Rhodes for some reason. Man, I should have known, because he's right there. That's probably it. He's, he's up here in the, uh, in the Cyclone Fanatic studio. That's, that's what I'm saying. I should have just looked up, and I'd been like, man, is it Paul Rhodes? Yep. How how freaked out would you have been if I had said, is it Paul Rhodes, and I'd been right? I would have been pretty freaked out. Like, you would have had to have been some psychic weirdo. I think at that point, I would wonder why our podcast had not been better for 76 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, exactly. The previous 75 episodes, well, maybe you I was would, a psychic. Maybe it was just a, a, a learned thing that you recently picked up on. Like I had developed some sort of superpower? Yeah, like over the weekend, you took a took an online class. I was exposed to a some sort of meteor uh a radioactive yeah, meteorite. Like an asteroid yeah, yeah. that uh i touched it and immediately was given some sort of superpower instead of becoming the hulk or something you just became psychic and then the last three days i've spent harnessing it figuring it out mm-hmm. not trying to refining your power right figuring out how to use my newfound power for good not for evil man just imagine being a like if you could read minds imagine if when you went to an iowa state football game if you couldn't control it, being I, I, in a crowd like that, I imagine it would be constant swearing. Yeah. No, even if they're doing good, like Iowa State fans are always worrisome. I feel like it would be better now, though. Yeah. Well, compared to like three years ago, definitely. Well, and think too, if you were, if you were able to do that, and then on some level, their emotions were transferred to you. Mm. That so would be really bad. So you're even thinking like, pl- like thinking of the players' thoughts and yeah. stuff. Mm. Like if your if your emotions were on like you know if everyone's really happy at the stadium then your your ability to feel happiness would get so inflated that you almost wouldn't even be able to feel your own personal happiness i'm getting deep on you here real quick you know honestly bringing up the thought of thinking of or realizing what players are thinking in the middle of the game it makes you wonder like what individual players whose personalities we know like what they would have been thinking in their own heads I'm thinking like guys like, what's the difference between Steel Jans versus Austin Arnod, you know, stuff like that. I feel like it probably isn't as interesting as we would think it is. Maybe It's, not. it's probably a lot. It's probably pretty boring. Probably a lot like more. Like they really aren't thinking that much. At, at least in a perfect world, they're not. I wonder if it's a lot more, you know, analytical thinking, especially at the quarterback position. Whereas maybe if you go with a D lineman, maybe they're just going to be out there like, oh, I like the quarterback, you know. Well, if, there, if someone's standing on the sidelines, you could see where it's a lot of thinking about other things mm-hmm. you know if it's someone that's not going to play yeah but when it's someone in the game i feel like and they drill those things so much that really a lot of it probably is not even they don't even think about it like that's they just, true they just do it it's second nature i can see that 
Well, I'm glad that we <laughs> were able to figure this out. Yep. Uh, we are going to start today a couple of crucial number eight rankings. Yes. Which, I, one, which one would you like to start with? Let's start with uh, Iowa State sophomore quarterback Brock Purdy coming in at number eight on Pro Football Focus's list of the uh, one through 130 quarterbacks in college football this season. Yeah, uh, and I believe what there was, I think I saw a stat that four of the top 12 were from the Big 12 or something like that. I thought that Sam Ellinger was the yeah, four. only one above him. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Oh, the top 12, oh, the top 12. okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, that uh, makes sense. Ellinger, obviously, uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm guessing, was one. I didn't actually look. And then uh, the Baylor quarterback probably was the other one. Do we feel like the national – because then there's this. There was uh, the guy on CBS Sports that wrote about Brock being like a, a potential breakthrough candidate mm-hmm. saying that he could, you know, with a big season, could play himself into the Heisman conversation. Mm-hmm. Have people on the national level fallen more in love with Brock Purdy than people at Iowa State? I think so. Like, I think that they almost feel – don't get me wrong. I feel like Brock Purdy's going to be a really good quarterback. Yeah. Or I think he is a really good quarterback. He had mm-hmm. a great freshman season. I just don't look – like I, I don't know. There's something about it that I'm not sitting here looking at these things thinking like this is one of the ten best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who could win the Heisman Trophy or contend for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, mm-hmm. at least not right now. And that's what – I don't know. Like maybe I, my expectations are too low. Mm -hmm. Or are the national expectations getting too high? For me personally, I think we need to see Brock go and succeed without Hakeem Butler. Because I think a lot of times last year, you you know, that was a really good security blanket for him that he could just toss it up and Hakeem would probably go get it. Whereas this year, he's definitely going to have to work on spreading the ball around a bit more and be more consistent without Hakeem. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm crapping on Brock or anything like that because that's definitely not what it is. I just, when I see things like this, it almost makes me wonder how much of it is reality how much of it is them knowing that iowa state people are going to click on their links i always wonder about that or share their links especially yeah. pro football focus they know that iowa state people love pro yeah football we did, we've discussed that before because basically like every one out of every like five tweets on their twitter account references either brock purdy last year david montgomery got retweeted a whole oh, yeah. bunch of times uh mike rose they tweeted yep. about him a lot yep uh, there's somebody else that they always were tweeting about. I, uh, Anthony Johnson, actually, surprisingly, yeah. he's gotten a lot. Greg Eisworth, they've tweeted about him a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of, Somebody on the defensive line, maybe Ray Lima, I can't remember who it was. But, it it could have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they they know that they can make some business in the Iowa State world, I think. Yep. But I, that's just where, I, I, I don't know, I sit back and I'm like, man, yeah, you know, they've got the numbers and everything. I know that it's all based on the numbers as far as they're concerned. But I just I have a hard time believing it until I see it this season. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they if they have the number if they truly have the number eight quarterback in the country, and the defense is as good as we think that they could be, <laughs> like why? At that point, I feel like they you almost could look at them and be like they're underrated. You could almost even say they might be the number eight team in the nation. Well, we'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Uh, I was trying but, to do a really cool lead in there. But Sorry. I was listening to uh, I was listening to the Solid Verbal podcast, mm-hmm. which does a those guys do a really good job, uh, Dan and Ty. And they were talking about how when they look at these leagues, a lot of times when you're looking to see who should be the favorites or some of the top teams, you want to see who's got the best quarterback play combined with the best defense. Mm-hmm. And they said it's Iowa State. Yeah. And I was like, man, like when you put it that way, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, like, think of some of the other leagues, you know, in the ACC. Mm-hmm. The best quarterback, the best defense. Clemson. On the best team. Yep. Uh, Alabama, 
the best, same thing. Yeah, best quarterback, de- best defense. Uh, man. Big Ten. The Big Ten is a little, little, little bit tougher. It's a little tougher. Um, their quarterback they, to play hasn't been traditionally that great outside of Ohio State. Right, and that's what they were. And Ohio State's defense isn't that great. Wasn't great last year. No. You know, and that, and I was listening to their Big Ten episode that they did today, and that's where they talked about. Uh, I mean, obviously talking about talking about the Big Ten, <laughs> uh, but they mentioned Adrian Martinez in Nebraska, and they're like, we think they have the quarterback play, but they have the defense. Yeah. You know, it's like if they had a better defense, then they could understand more of why Nebraska has gotten a lot of the hype that they've gotten. But it's just like you sit back and you look at it, and you're like, man, like that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got a great quarterback and you have a great defense, more often than not, you're going to win a lot of football games. And I think the common thing between both of those things is a, a good quarterback can cover up a lot of deficiencies elsewhere on offense. Right. And obviously a good defense can make up for the lack of a good offense. Right. See, and I think too, and this, you know, kind of a transition, Nate Stanley comes in at what, 51 mm-hmm. on that list? And that's where maybe you see a lot of these, where Iowa is what, the fifth? Had the fifth best odds to win the Big Ten West? Yeah. Like maybe that's why. Like mm-hmm. I think Nate Stanley's a fine quarterback yeah but he is a no by no means I don't think a guy that's gonna like he's not gonna win you games like Nate Stanley is gonna do what he has to do to get the ball in the hands of people that are are gonna help you win the game but I I think he's not the one that's gonna win you the game Stanley especially I think he's benefited from having playing behind such a great offensive line because I mean even even if Iowa's line isn't necessarily as good as they have been in the past they're still pretty dang good well Iowa has a defense yeah you know like they play the defense to be able to do those things it's like if they had a guy who was a game breaker at quarterback Mm -hmm. I mean every year I think you could look at it and be like that's that's one of the favorites Wisconsin's the same way if they had any if if uh, Hornybrook like, had a pulse mm-hmm. throwing the football, I mean, that team probably goes to the college football playoff yep. at least once. Yeah. You know? And did you see where he was crapping on Wisconsin's receivers? No. I was laughing my ass off at that. Really? Yeah, he said something about how it's crazy to have so such good receivers now in Florida State. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what the problem was, man. Mm, yep. It wasn't that you were, like, bouncing the ball to them half the time. <laughs> He's not very good. No, he is not a good quarterback. Uh, but that's just – I I don't know. Were you surprised to see Stanley that low, though? I was a little bit surprised. I, I – after I was scrolling down, you know, I was I – was, after Brock Purdy, I was looking for Stanley. Right. Um, and I was scrolling in the 20s, and I was – and then when I got to the 30s, I was like, oh, here, here he comes. Got through the 30s, got through the 40s, and it's like, oh – there he is at 51 and that's that did seem honestly a little bit low especially because he's gotten some nfl draft hype too yeah and i and the nfl draft thing it's like he's, t- how, he's how often though have we heard about a guy in the offseason before their senior year being a guy who's going to be a top pick or whatever and then maybe they end up being a fifth or sixth round pick i'm not saying Nate stanley couldn't be a top pick he, he could for all i know i don't know i mean he's he's got the size yeah i think he can throw the football well enough but it's just like i feel like to me when i see a guy that i want to be my first round pick at quarterback i want it to be a guy that i know has won my team games yeah. has some of those antan- has some of the physical traits that you want but then has also been a dude who's won games for your team Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield doesn't have all of the physical traits yeah he has the arm he has the mental traits and then he's a winner yeah and it's like that's the kind of guy that I want I yeah. don't want a guy that it's like that he is has done enough 
to yeah. be able to help his team win the game, not him like going and winning the game sometimes. And I feel like like if, if you were to talk about Nate Stanley and you specifically wanted to pick out one thing that Nate Stanley's really good at, I don't think you could name any one thing. Like I think he's just solid across the board, and that's about it. See, but we, what like what is Brock's one thing that he's really good at? I mean, I would say Brock's really good at his um, well pump fake Purdy for one thing. Well, yeah, when he gets outside the pocket, he's really elusive. I would How say well is that really going to work this year though? The I mean. <laughs> Probably not as good as last year's because people will know it's coming. Right. But at the same time, it, when you're in that moment as a defender, I think he's still going to get a few guys to jump, you know? Yeah. It's just a, that good of a move. I think that he's – the one thing that I I feel like right now we already know he's elite at, I think the dude is, is legitimately an elite leader. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a guy that everybody on the team wants to emulate on some level. And – like you got to give him that, yeah. you know, that's, I think that that's something legitimately, the dude is like a Matt Campbell clone, mm-hmm. just yeah. smaller. Same mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I look at the number eight thing. It's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I could see it, but like you said, I want to see it without Hakeem Butler. Yeah. Because he doesn't have, by any means, he's not going to gun it 80 yards. Yeah. You know, uh, we saw him throw behind people plenty of times on mm-hmm. on deep balls, uh, and even to a lesser degree, David Montgomery, because you know defenses obviously had to key on David too. Right. That took a little bit of pressure off Brock as well. And that's something I found interesting from his interview the other day, where they're talking about the emphasis on just spreading the ball around more. And I think that's that could be we're almost an underrated aspect of this thing, where. We're all so focused on how do they replace David? How do they replace Akeem? Well, they've got all these other guys that we know are good or they feel are pretty confident are good. You know, their production could just be way more spread out where it's not one or two people who are amassing a huge amount of yards. Mm-hmm. You know, Allen amassed a lot of yards. Hakeem had a lot of yards. David had a lot of yards. But it's like this year you could see in the running back core where it's like five guys could have – Mm-hmm. 200 plus yards on the season and the receiving group is like five guys could have 200 plus receiving yeah. yards 200 300 400 receiving yards you know mm-hmm. uh and it's just in there but there isn't that one guy that's like a game breaker like a freak yeah you know that's like this guy we have to get him the football 10 times a game mm-hmm. it's like we have a bunch of guys that we can get the football to that are all pretty good yep and in the long run i think that will be better for iowa state's offense right I think it makes them more unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Definitely changes the way that you have to approach Iowa State defensively right. you know, against their offense. Did you read his quote about uh, trusting people? Mm-hmm. He was talking about how like, someone asked him, they asked him about Hakeem, like how you replace Hakeem and like who he's found that he trusts. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, like uh, I think they used third and six as an example. It's like, who do you go to on third and six? He's like, the guys that I go to on third and six are the ones that I have major trust in you know i trust that they're going to get the job done every single time not that i feel like they might get the job done on this play they might get the job done on this play like no i feel like they're going to get the job done every single time Hmm. and i was like man (laughs) that's that's challenging well yeah and i was like and, and then somebody asked him it's like how the guys that aren't getting it done how do they how do they know do you tell them or like he's like i don't know i guess they gotta go back and watch film and Mm. find out why they're not getting the ball that makes you worry almost well, even not, to a degree no and i was like damn like 
shit. I feel like that's him telling his teammates to raise their level of it is of play of level of focus. Yeah, it's it, like him throwing down the gauntlet a little bit. That it's like we're not gonna. I'm not gonna accept mediocre. Me, I'm not gonna effort. accept mediocre or, or sometimes doing the right thing, sometimes not doing the right thing. Yeah, he's like I'm always. If you're not doing the right thing all the time, then I'm not gonna throw the ball to you. Yeah. On one hand, that, like on the surface level, that's a little bit harsh. But at the same time, that's that's the kind of guy you do want at your quarterback position. Well, that's what it takes to win a national championship. Exactly. That's what it takes to win Big 12 titles. Mm-hmm. We need to mention, too, that we are recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios tonight. <laughs> Waited a little while for that ad read. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> I got hyped about your ad read that you did earlier and it's forgot right. all about the Carl Chevrolet Studios. But as always, in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, the new and improved Carl Chevrolet Studios. 2.0. Uh, also, August 24th, one week from Saturday. Will you be there I am. Barntown Brewing? I am planning on being there, yes. Uh, I asked Jeff Woody this the other day. You know, we have the raffle. Mm-hmm. George Niang memorabilia, signed Steve Prohm basketball, signed Matt Campbell hmm. uh, gear, uh, an authentic Iowa State football jersey, women's basketball memorabilia, tickets to the Iowa State TCU game the second week of October. Mm-hmm. Fitzy, what, what are you offering up for the raffle? What, like, what are you bringing to the table at, on August 24th at Barntown Brewing? Well, what, did, what did Jeff say he was bringing? Uh, he said he doesn't have anything. I told him to give uh, that he should give his cleats from the 2011 Oklahoma State game, but he didn't want to give those up. I don't know why. Man, I, I feel like... Uh it's what, little, what do you have to offer that be, is equal to that? It would be a little bit easier for Jeff Woody to bring something to the table than it would Kevin Fitzpatrick. But uh, I suppose I'll. I'm just saying, if you could, like, what would be what would be the thing that you feel like someone would want to pay for? I, I will I will offer to take you out to dinner. You can have an evening with Fitzy. That will be my what I'm bringing to the table. I bet if we did an evening with Stans and Fitz, I think that uh, shout out to our guy Taylor Hagen, the oh, number Taylor one fan it. of Stans and Fitz. He would I. I feel like he would drive from, I think he lives in Clear Lake. He would drive from Clear Lake to Des Moines just to bid on that. Well, I, I believe that he would if we were going to offer that up as a raffle item. I feel like, I mean, I would do that for free. That would buy far. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He invited us to his wedding. Exactly, man. I'm disappointed we couldn't make it, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But no, that was, uh, that, that would without a doubt be the lowest selling item at the raffle. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, maybe we can combine forces and it can be an evening with Stans and Fitz like you suggested. Well, that's what I'm saying. If we did that, like, I think, I mean, would anybody pay more than like $10 for that? Maybe, maybe it can be, we will enter a 3v3 basketball tournament and we, and you'll be the third. I feel like I told, I feel like if we told Chris that we wanted to give this as a raffle item, he would laugh at us. (laughs) He'd be like, no, we're not putting that in the raffle. Uh, we, we will raise $1 exactly. It'll I would the, the I would bid, bid on it. I would bid on it. So Honestly, then we wouldn't have to buy dinner for someone else. We I could just buy dinner for us. <laughs> there you go. Plus, you, pay the one dollar. You know, if if my parents come this year, they came last year. But if they come this year, they they would probably buy it. See, but then I'd like that. It feels slimy. I know. Right, but. that would feel slimy. It's like because then, <laughs> what if my mom and dad came and they got into a bidding, oh, man. like a bidding war between our parents? Well, but then we would just look like idiots because it's like no one else wanted to bid on it besides our moms and like our mom and dads. Then we know who whose parents loved their son the most. Well, you just threw the gauntlet down. <laughs> I did. Threw the gauntlet down to uh, to our parents. That's right. Do your parents listen to the podcast? Uh, I, they have before, not consistently. I know my mom does. I don't know. Does if, she? I don't know how often my dad does. I think he does sometimes. Shout out to Mrs. Stans. I feel like my dad listens whenever my mom tells him that he should listen. That's okay. what my guess is. Is it? Or if I tell him he should listen. So the question is, like, what what um, things that happen typically during the podcast would your mom say to your dad to listen to? Probably usually if I talk about him. Okay. So, like, he'll probably hear about this. Like, I, I can almost guarantee you that this will come up at some point. So, you definitely don't want to say anything that would make your dad mad at this point. 
No, I mean, I just, I'm just saying that if, uh, if, if this raffle item was put up and they weren't there to be the high bidders, like that, I mean, it just would, it would really show a lot, you know? You know, I, I'm, I'm wondering now, I'm calling out um, the stanzas. Name your price for, for an evening with stanza fits right now. <laughs> I will oh, eagerly man. await you to tell me what they say. <laughs> oh, man. All right, you mentioned it earlier. Iowa State ranked as the number eight team in the country in one preseason AP, team, uh, AP poll ballot. The AP poll does come out uh, on Monday, August 19th. What, what's the guy's name again? He's from, like, the Bay Area, right? Yeah, uh, from the Mercury News. Uh, That's in San Francisco. Yep. John Wilner is his name. John Wilner. All right, so Iowa State, number eight team in the country on John Wilner's Number eight. Number eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Number eight team in the country. Yeah, sorry. On John Wilner's AP poll, uh, preseason AP poll. They were also like 16th, I think, on Brett McMurphy's poll. Yeah. Which between the points that I think they would get from an eighth place vote and a 16th place vote, they're basically already almost guaranteed to be in the poll, I'm pretty sure. I mean, at this point, I would be shocked if they weren't in the top 20. Well, yeah, that's, and that, that's the other thing. I didn't. Tell me more about John Wilner's poll, because I want to know yeah. if he's like a polarizing. Is he a polarizing voter where he's throwing a lot of other teams into? I looked. I briefly looked at it because I saw it getting tweeted around. I was like, man, yep. he must. He either didn't put Iowa State in, or he put them really high. And I looked at it and I just scrolled through. I didn't really pay enough attention though. So I'm scrolling. Uh, he did not include Iowa, right? But they were considered. Is that? I, I, I think I saw that. I didn't see Iowa. Um, he he has at the top where it was like his other teams considered or something. Yeah, like he has that. an explanation for every team, so it's not all on the same page that I'm looking at. Um, yes, Iowa was in his considered yeah, teams. Yeah. So his top uh, four, which would be making the playoff technically, are Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Michigan. I don't think that anything too out of line right there. No, I don't think you can argue with any of that. Um, Georgia at number five again not arguing utah's at six dude people are high on utah i will say that obviously there's not a whole lot of competition in the pac 12 and they could have a really good record at the end of the year however you know up against some of those other top tier programs i don't think they're gonna end up holding up they are a sneaky college football playoff pick i've I've seen a lot of people throw that throw that team around they have a really good d line or something like that don't they i think even uh pick six previews on twitter have you seen them before i have yeah yeah they i think he picked utah he's a good he usually does pretty good with that kind of stuff and okay. he uh he picked utah to go to the college football playoff they have a good running back coming back i think okay they have a bunch of dudes i don't know i don't so, know so they about may, utah but I, uh, that's what i think they may have some a lot studs of the reasoning now. yeah i gotcha so who's at seven seven's lsu again can't argue that not too surprising no, no. um i'll just i'll at this from this point on i'll just say if there's any that are kind of yeah. surprising eight is eight or iowa state's at eight yeah well, um, can you give me the nine and ten who are the other yeah oregon and texas round out the top ten okay I'd probably put Texas above Oregon. I think uh, I would too. I, I think that Oregon's got some – I think they'll be solid, but I don't know that I would put them in. I don't know if they've seen enough from Mario Cristobal as a coach outside of being a good recruiter. Notre Dame. I'd want them at top 10. Notre Dame at 11. Notre Dame at 11, okay. Ohio State 12. Man. Um, the first semi-interesting pick, in my opinion, is Florida at 14. I don't know enough about Florida. I don't know a whole lot either, but I did see a stat that like whenever and in years that Tool releases an album, which they did this year, Who? Florida has traditionally like and, and had a really good season. Who? Tool, the rock band. I don't know who that is. You, I guarantee you've probably heard some of their songs before. What but kind of, uh, what's the song that they, it, sing me one. I, I couldn't even sing them for you. It's, it's a, I would say it's like an alternative metal kind of thing. Like Slipknot? No, not, not as hard as Slipknot. Okay. 
but did you go to Slipknot on? Did you go? Oh, I, we'll come back to this. Never mind. We'll come back. All, All right. right, continue. All right. Um, Anybody else? On. They're at fourteen, right? So yeah. Anyway, so if if technically if look it up if you, if you are uh, of the conspiracy theory that Florida does well on Tool album release years, then I would go hard and bet on Florida this year. Okay. Um, Missouri at fifteen. Okay. I guess they have Kelly Bryant. Can you name another player from Missouri? No. Who's is is the same guy the coach in Missouri still? I just, I haven't followed Missouri since they left what's the Big Twelve. The, what's that really. guy's name? The guy. It was the same year that Matt Campbell got hired. For some reason, I think Gary Pinkle, but I know that's not right. No, it's not Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle was there. James Franklin's gone. James Franklin was never the coach at Missouri. What, wasn't he? No, he was the coach at Vanderbilt. Oh, I thought he was at Missouri. That's where he went f- to Penn State from. Oh, my bad. Who is the coach at Missouri? I know that it's some guy that's been there. He was like another one of the hot young names. Missouri football coach. If it tells me Gary Pinkle, I'm going to be pissed because I know that that's wrong. No, Barry Odom, not. that's what it is. Okay. Barry Odom. That's a very forgettable name. Yeah. I won't lie. All, All right, right, continue. Continuing on. I, I've, I've pretty much named every team, so I'll just keep on naming teams. Uh, 16 Army. No, I don't think that's too surprising. They were pretty salty last year. I love the Army Black Knights. <laughs> that triple option. Yes. I want, I want the Army Black Knights to be on national television every single week mm-hmm. in prime time wow i that's if i only watched one brand of football one football team for the rest of my life i could only watch one football team the rest of my life i would pick the army black knights not only because they represent our great country but because those are some tough nosed sobs and they're they know that everybody knows exactly what they're going to do and they don't care like when they went on the road and almost beat oklahoma i was like i'm in i'm an army <laughs> black knight football fan from for the rest of my life well, support the troops. Good for you. And yeah, and I and I support the troops. But no, but mostly I really love the triple option. If Iowa State, if Matt Campbell, God forbid, this ever happens, I'm just saying, if it happened, Jeff Monken would be my first choice to replace him because, and I'd say, you know what? I know that Coach Campbell laid a foundation here, but I want a full pivot. Someone is going to hire him, and they're going to be successful. I'm just going to say that right now. Right. I promise you. And I'm glad that Kansas didn't do it because they can still live in the cellar with less miles. Yep. All right, 17, Stanford, not too surprising, I would say. I don't know anything about Stanford. 18, Syracuse. Okay, yeah, that's about where they have seen them a lot of times. 19, Washington. Washington's like a top 10 team for some people. Yeah. And, you know, and they, he must really not like the Pac-12 very much. Well, he remember he Oregon, had... Yeah, yeah, Utah. Utah Oregon and, Oregon and, and Utah, 10. yeah. Huh. So cause technically he is on the West Coast. Well, so that's what I'm saying. I, I would think that he would have... So technically, maybe. if Washington's that low on his ballot, maybe he knows something since he is technically out there covering. Yeah, true, the true, 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 true. So, all right, uh, twenty Virginia Tech. Okay. Twenty-one Fresno State. Do you mean to read what he says about them? Yeah. All right. Few teams in any conference were hit as hard by attrition, but Coach Jeff Tedford hasn't budged from his alma mater. And FSU's biggest question is the position he knows best: quarterback. That's an interesting move for a guy from the Bay Area to put Fresno State, like that high yeah, in, I mean, in, I, in the top well, and, then, and then to note that they were hit hard by attrition that doesn't exactly make me feel <laughs> solid about his choices yeah eh, no i got some questions about about our guys uh about right. here that might be the uh the, the biggest one right there besides outside iowa of state, iowa state yeah. yeah outside of iowa state number eight <laughs> that's I, probably the one everyone if else anybody is else has iowa state in the top 10 i would be shocked blown away I, I could see maybe one more top 15 but i bet this is the the outlier right all right um and then rounding out nebraska 22 Cincinnati 23, 
Wazoo, 24, and Texas A&M, 25. So, I mean, I can't say that he's like a horrible voter because for the most part, it seems like he's pretty balanced. Yeah. It's just really those two. Yeah, Iowa that, State and Fresno State. Yeah, that I that I kind of have some questions Everything about. else But is, I guess I haven't looked at a lot of – Everything else is in the realm, at least, of what I would imagine. I wonder what Phil, if Phil Steele has Fresno State in his top 25. All right. Uh, well, while you reach for your Phil Steele – Phil Steele. The Bible of college football, I take it with me everywhere. There you go. How, how quickly can you pull Oh, I got it right here. Uh, he has Fresno State at probably thirties uh, or forties. Not even. He has Fresno State at fifty-nine. Holy buckets! That's a big difference. But he also has Iowa State at twenty-six. So, well, obviously, well, we'll see if uh, our man out there on the West Coast knows better than Phil Steele. Did he have Auburn in his poll? You know, I don't think he did. Uh, Phil still has Auburn as a number ten team. He has, wait, he has wait, Texas A&M at number nine. Um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Dude, I don't see Auburn. Okay, yeah. Well, whatever. I, I, I do don't not know. See Auburn. Uh, oh, okay. He is Auburn is in his also considered. All right. Well, regardless, I guess Iowa State has a. I, I feel like Iowa State's position as a top 25 preseason team for the first time since 1978 will happen is pretty well solidified yep all right we'll take a quick break and we will talk more when we come back stands and fits presented by the professional mba program at the ivy college of business at iowa state and the call chevrolet studios on the cyclone fanatic podcast network hey cyclone fans it's chris williams you've heard our friends from the iowa pork producers they've been coming on here for the last couple of years i've been telling you guys about them i've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years and i've learned so much one thing specifically i didn't really know this before i guess i probably should have but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns that helps farmers care for the pigs they protect the pigs from extreme temperatures predators you know, all that stuff. It is so high tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and don't forget about this. So you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. Welcome back to Stands and Fits, Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Last week when we recorded, you were in the midst of a staycation. I was. And you detailed to me what sounded like, and no offense to your wife, what sounded like the absolute worst staycation in the history of mankind. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was way too busy of a staycation. I was expecting you to maybe, you know, you're going to mow your lawn, maybe do some things around the house, go to Home Depot. I did all those things uh, the very first day of staycation, so I wouldn't have to worry about them. Well, then I figured maybe you would sit around and play some video games in your underwear. I I don't know. I did do that twice, both in like two-hour increments. So I got what game, a little, what game you play? Uh, I, I actually threw it back and I did the most recent edition of Madden I have is Madden 16. So I pulled that up and played. Yeah, you got to you gotta get 20. I got it. Is it good? Oh yeah, we yeah. You play PS4, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got. Oh, we could play yeah, each other. Yeah, we can play now. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We can all squat right. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who wants to who wants to get ran on Madden 20? Uh, right. <laughs> but no. Uh, all right. So then you were gonna go 
What was it that you had? Uh, so on the docket, I had Adventureland. How did Adventureland go? Adventureland did you, did you was put good. your hand in any poop like Chris Williams said that you uh, would? Thankfully, no poop for okay. us. Okay. Um, Adventureland was good. Um, Underground was closed. That was a little disappointing. What's that? Uh, whoa, wait. Have you have you been to Adventureland before? Yeah, I don't know. Last okay. time I went, I didn't go on any rides. Underground is like to the. I went to the swim up bar at uh, Adventure Bay. <laughs> That's right. Uh, underground is like the the underground <laughs> underground description. Underground roller coaster. It's like it's kind of slow. It's like oh wait 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 is it like a mine yeah yeah okay yeah 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 i've yeah. been on that i went on that when i was it's younger. one of the one of the classics of adventureland and yeah unfortunately that was closed i think someone actually might have gotten hurt on it recently or something oh wow maybe that was a rumor that i heard a deal uh no the last time i went there you know I, it was my 21st birthday that's the reason that i spent the majority of the day at the bar but uh we went we tried to go to like four different rides and all of them were broken Oh, and, really? and then we finally just were like, yeah, we're like, screw this. We're not, we don't care about your rides at Ventureland. Nice. We're not yeah. here for the rides. We're here for the alcohol. Usually when we go, cause my wife loves going so much that we usually go just like once a year. Okay. Usually when we go, there's one ride. How was the new closed. ride? Uh, it was pretty solid. It's, it's a kind of a, I would say that if you're um, going to take a kid and try to get them on a roller coaster for the first time, that's a good one. The new coaster would be good because okay. it's, it's, it's fun without being overly um, intense. You haven't been to Worlds of Fun. I feel like we talked about this, right? No, you I have, have not. not been. Okay. If you like roller coasters, you should go to Worlds of Fun. I do. High I, level roller coaster. Like roller selection. coasters. I would like to make it to Worlds of Fun, uh, Six Flags, and then I would also like to make it to Cedar Point eventually. Someone was questioning us a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the uh, defensive tackle commit they got from Gurney. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's where Six Flags is. I, I don't know. Like, they were like, can't believe you didn't know that's where Six Flags oh, I've never is. Been, I've never been to Six Flags it, in, well, in that's Chicago. What I, in, or, in my mind, yeah. I was like, man, I didn't even know there was a Six Flags in yeah. Chicago. Like, I never would have thought of that. I don't never go somewhere thinking like, man, I wonder where Six Flags is here. <laughs> Unless I specifically go for that, I'm probably not going to know where it is. I have never once felt the desire to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to Six Flags. Like, amusement parks just isn't a thing that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go and do this. See, yeah, my wife, if, if you it's gave her... someone else's idea. If you gave her the choice of taking a vacation every year, it's either beach or theme park, so... Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just like... <laughs> I would rather go to the beach. Yeah. No, <laughs> Is that I, what you would rather no, do? No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would rather go, you know, sit three or four days on a beach. When I'm on vacation, I want to sit and do nothing. Yeah. That's like that's what I wanted to do most of the time I was in Oregon. I was like, I just want to sit here and do nothing and hang yeah. out with my grandma. Yeah. And, you know, go to, the, go to the nothing box, as they say, for guys. Have you ever heard about that? No. You know, guys have a nothing box. You can think about nothing. Apparently, women are incapable of thinking about straight nothing, but guys can actually think about nothing. Yeah, I, s I spend a lot of time, I think, just staring off into space. <laughs> yeah. Especially See, like, at nighttime, like after I'm done with all my work. Yeah. I just like, I get like in this mode where I just kind of like I'm looking up here. Mm -hmm. I don't. And then it's like, like you space out. Yeah. When I'm hanging out with Scott, he'll like start to look back there. Mm -hmm. It's like he looks. He like looks. He's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> I'm like, oh, nothing. I was just. I was like, I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, but I don't, wasn't really thinking about anything. Mm. It's just kind of looking. It's, it's like that meme with the, with the couple sitting in bed and like, she's like, oh, he's probably thinking about other women yeah. and the guy's thinking about something completely random. It should, it, they <laughs> should do one where it's just the, like his thought bubble is just empty. There's empty. nothing, it's just nothing there. <laughs> Which would be completely accurate probably half the time for most right, guys. Right, exactly. So, uh, all right. So you did Adventureland. Yeah, did Adventureland. And then you were going to go to like a water park, right? Yeah. We went to Lost Island Water Park in Waterloo for the first time. And it's actually really cool. Um, I think they had like eight or nine slides and okay. we, we ended up doing them all. And I went on my first speed slide. I had never done that. So, uh, what's that? 
like it's just the, it's just the kind that goes straight down oh, essentially okay. Okay. So, yeah, I did that. I feel like everybody's going to think that I had a horrible childhood. <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't have a bad childhood. I just, I, so growing, those just aren't things that I did very often. So if, if you're not a theme park guy, what did you want to do for vacation growing up? Well, like when me and my dad went on vacation, we went to, you know, we'd go to Kansas city for a couple of days and go to Royals games mm-hmm. or we would go to, you know, we went to Atlanta one time and went to some Braves games or St. Louis and went to some Cardinals games, went to Minnesota one year and went to twins games. Like that's what we did. We didn't go. Uh, the only time I ever went to Worlds of Fun was like I went with my uncle one time or I went with my friends mm. you know it, that was just and then I, I went to Disney World and Universal Studios when I was like yeah six I think <laughs> yeah uh, but other than that it's like that's just not that wasn't really what we did mm. we were more just like going and doing sports things people see like my family we did uh, we did a little bit of sports we did we I mean we did sports and theme parks but really the difference was that my parents were never really big roller coaster people yeah so neither my mom or dad therefore I did not grow up a roller coaster person so really I only became one after my wife got me into them you know I, I'm afraid of heights so it's not my first choice but yeah I the Mamba in Can- at, at Worlds of Fun in Kansas City. Yeah. It's a real tall. Isn't real it? tall one. And at, in the entire way up there, I just, I think about every possible scenario in which everything could go wrong. That's, I hate heights as well, which is, I know, I know it's kind of weird, but. Like, every time I'm on a, a roller coaster where like, you know, they start you just going up a giant hill. Yeah. On the giant hill, like right when you're about to go over the top, my thought is, man, I should have wrote, written a will. Like what if well, I, yeah. what if I fly off at the bottom of this thing? Exactly, dude. I, I think about every possible scenario where i'm just like man what what if we got stuck up here yeah like who's coming to get us and i know know? like the 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 chances of us flying off a roller coaster are like literally nothing and probably more more you know possible to get struck by lightning twice or something like that right but at the same time like there's always that one there's there's one example of the guy who got hurt on a roller coaster and the and in reality the guy who got hurt on the roller coaster is probably being an idiot yeah you know like didn't wear his restraining harness or or whatever the other one that always freaks me out is when you have your hands in the air and Mm -hmm. then you got to go around a turn but then it's like it's underneath the other part oh, of the yeah. roller coaster where there's the yeah. you know the tall like pillar type things they're not pillars they're probably some sort of beams I don't know what the correct word would be I always am scared that I'm going to hit those so yeah. I always bring my hand in when we're about to go underneath those well things. I feel like that's a very real fear especially for guys who are a little bit taller and have longer arms yeah it's like in reality I'm probably 50 feet away from those things <laughs> but I'm still when you're going at them yeah. it's like that thing is right there I feel like I could touch it well and plus like in your position too you're thinking oh they probably built this for the the average Joe six foot tall american yeah. guy not yeah. the six foot seven jared stansbury no all right so you did see uh you did the the, the water park water park and yep. then you went to the state fair right? we, did, we have not gone to the state fair you have not gone to the state we fair. actually we, we were planning on doing that on friday but we ended up taking a rest day so i did get a little bit of relaxation okay okay so but the plan is actually we are probably going to the state fair saturday i'm thinking nice yeah i think i might go on friday can i get my i will finally get your experience. take my take my state fair virginity can't wait I you're gonna have to report back next on next week's episode I'm gonna tell you right now I'm gonna tell everyone right now I will probably come here and tell you that I'm disappointed I mean that's the thing though you have to go on you have to go on with no expectations whatsoever well I can't because everybody's told me how freaking awesome it is I I see the thing is I've, I've only ever heard that I it's one of the most polarizing things it, the state fair is either awesome or it's horrible for and me I know that I'm never gonna fall in the middle I will probably fall on one end and the and I'm gonna side with the end probably being the one that it's horrible. My opinion about the state fair is that the people 
are the th- are the thing that both make it awesome and make it terrible. I don't like people. I don't like people either. Typically, that's pretty bad to say. But like you know, like there are a bunch of you know normal d- people walking around, and it's fun that people watch. Yeah. You know, that's one of the best parts about the state fair. But at the same time. The, the bad thing about people watching at the state fair is that you also have to walk past and walk through all these, you know, people, right. Which I do not particularly enjoy. So, yeah, I want nothing to do with that. Like I just, I don't like big crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like to be sweaty and I don't like to be sweaty in a big crowd. Mm-hmm. I really don't like that. I don't eat that much. Like none of the foods I hear about the foods. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good. But, like, I'm not going to walk around and try all of these different foods. Like, I don't want... If I have a pork chop on a stick, I don't want to turn around and eat some fried Oreos or whatever. Like, or a hamburger, you know, whatever it is, two minutes later. Yeah. Like, I want to... I'll have one thing, and then I'm done. I mean, that's the the nice thing, though. But but then how do I pick which one thing, you know? I mean, if if you go with a group of people, then you can just all, like, split the the foods into different portions, you know? Yeah. So it's not like you're eating an entire thing and then immediately have to try the next thing. I feel like now I've gone so long with people telling me that I need to go to the state fair and things that I need to do there that I've almost hyped it up in my own mind to where now I don't feel like I can properly experience it because I've, I just, I'm going to constantly be overthinking the fact of like that I'm at the state fair. Just go into it thinking, uh, yeah, just go into it thinking, oh God, I'm going to deal with the crowds. And then if, if you have to deal with the crowds then Hey, it's your expectation. But if you, if for some reason the crowds aren't as bad on the day that you go, then it won't, it won't be, be. That's like the night of the Luke Bryan concert. Oh, there's yeah. going to be so many you're people screwed. there. I'm sorry. Yep. You're screwed. There's going to be so <laughs> many people there. Uh, I'm so mad that I missed Toby Keith though. I'm upset. Like I, I legitimately what, am upset. What fell through? I, sh- I didn't have anyone to go with, man. Like mm. I, Chris Williams is having a baby. Well, not him having a baby, but his wife is having a baby. He can't do anything. Like he's yeah. normally my go-to for anything that it, you know. If we're gonna do Southwest Iowa things or like hick guy things yeah like we're gonna i'm gonna do it with chris williams yeah whether that be the, going to the knoxville nationals or going to a toby keith concert or apparently going to dmx concerts well hey what about what about crazy neighbor scott scott doesn't like to go in public scott's a low-key guy okay so he, he shares your thoughts on crowds yeah he just he he hangs back you know okay he lays low uh and then all my friends have moved away basically mm. my best friend lives in denver now he would have been another guy that i would have done that with mm. uh and like then my other friends that do live here, they work at like six o'clock in the morning because they have like real jobs, you know? Yeah. Like working in trades and stuff like that. Wow. How selfish of them. Right. Like, can't you please think about the fact that Toby Keith, the great American, <laughs> is coming to the Iowa State Fair? Like, why do you have to have a profession? Why do you have to have a trade that you do and like make money and things and are very successful at? Stop. They, I mean, think more about me and my desire to see one of the great country acts of all time. You can also think of, uh, from their perspective, you have a great profession. You make the money that you can afford to go see Toby Keith, so it's stupid that you don't go. Oh, I mean, I probably would have tried to pull some strings to see if I could have came up with some tickets. That's another problem. Not going with Chris Williams. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I would have bought tickets. Special privileges. Yeah, wow. No, I'm just kidding. I would have bought tickets. Uh, yeah, no. I, I hope everybody knows I'm kidding about that though. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be that asshole. Walking it back, listen to you. Uh, all right, you got anything else you uh, want to talk about this week? Uh, Only two more podcasts before it's game week. Yeah, I'm dude. I'm so ready. Like it seems like for whatever reason this year's lead up. I think it's because Iowa State has so much hype. Right. The lead up this year has right. seemed even longer than normal. It just it feels like we have really 
Like we've just spent a lot more time just talking about whatever the hell we want to. You know, you know why that is though? It's because again, last year we took like two or three weeks off between podcasts during the off season. But I think we also have both gotten way better. We just know each other better yeah. to where we can talk about more just random crap. My cousin Ben, uh, I mentioned him I think three weeks in a row now on the podcast. Shout out to Ben. Yeah, shout out to Ben. Uh, he told me that his favorite thing about stands and fits is when we talk about things besides sports oh really yeah well you know honestly with the forecast not being a thing anymore like cycle fanatic the the network kind of needs a, a little bit of an off-topic podcast well too. I, i'm not saying we have to go completely oh, off no. topic because no, we no. still got to cover our stuff at the beginning yeah you know but we have to give our cyclone thoughts uh but he said that when we were talking about the lion king he loved that <laughs> really did you see the lion king Dude, you told me you were oh my gosh to, you we have not going, talked you about the lion you were king. The lion king oh my gosh okay. yes i saw the lion king over my staycation. How did I forget? How did you forget? Dude, yeah, we saw that, um, we saw that, I think, Monday. Anyways. You told me, it was like the night you, the day we recorded was the day you said, oh, we're going to see it tonight. You're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so it last was, Tuesday. Last Tuesday. So, thoughts. I got feels at the beginning with all that music, uh-huh. and I, I was, I will admit, very impressed by the, the capabilities of the animation right like it, it looked amazing like you there were actually parts and i i'm not saying this as a hyperbole like you thought those animals were real and like with how they moved and everything it right. did not look like a computer right. made it so that was really cool um and again the music uh especially the stuff that was you know basically the same as the the original did you understand what i was trying to say to you about donald glover though with beyonce um, like they like having beyonce play nala they almost shot too high yeah, because when they sang in the love tonight, like Beyonce overshadowed him. Dude, she is so good. She's so good. It didn't matter who sang with her; like yeah. they were gonna sound like crap. And and Donald Glover, I, I think, is a very good singer. Agreed. A, a great artist, you know. Yep. But he he sings the song, and it just like underneath her voice, like she might as well just sing it by herself. Honestly. So, okay, so that kind of leads into my first. I have three things mainly that I did not like about this version of Lion King, and I will say that overall, I, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. I don't. I, I still hold the opinion that I don't think they needed to do it, but I, as as a standalone movie, it wasn't that bad. And I told you how I I don't think I ever saw it on the podcast. I saw it. I, you know, it was a similar thing. I knew the visuals going in i was like the visuals are gonna be awesome Mm -hmm. they were they were great but the film was basically what i expected it to be where it's just like i know this story in my mind they did it well enough that i can walk out of here and not feel like i wasted my money to come in here and watch it yeah i gotcha um anyways going where i was leading into donald glover i wasn't um huge on his voice acting i didn't think he did that great of a job voice acting Mm -hmm. for whatever reason when simba grew up I, I, the kid I, was really good, though. The kid was great. The kid was um, awesome. I, I, and I think it's just because, it, you know, you go through the, the first half of the movie hearing Mufasa and James Earl Jones, right. and you kind of get used to that being the sound of the male lion because he's really the only one besides Scar. Right. And then you get to, um, you know, Donald Glover, and he, he still does, a, you know, it's Donald Glover. He's a great guy. Right. And I, I, lo- I love Donald Atlanta Glover. season three and four coming back uh, next spring. Exactly. Um, or shooting next spring. But for whatever reason, I, I didn't think his voice, his, his human voice fit um Simba that great that's fair his voice just like I don't know that it's deep enough yeah and he's really more of a baritone right or something well and I guess I don't know how how much that fits because Matthew Broderick played Simba in the first one yeah like adult Simba in the first one isn't isn't that right yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I think so yeah Yeah, I think that's who it was uh but no I mean I just yeah I think it was good enough like Seth Rogen and uh I thought Billy Eichner did they did well yeah they, Uh, they sold the show yeah, I mean, most of it is just like they did, people did well enough. The other yeah. um, two more things that I didn't like. Um, the, let's see, the first was I thought the, um, 
rendition of be prepared wasn't as good as the old um lion king i thought like i don't know for for whatever reason the old version of be prepared is probably one of my favorite songs okay and the the way they did it um with the the guy who played scar this time around it just didn't it wasn't as intimidating or you know catchy uh-huh. as I thought. So that was my second thing. And then the final thing was, and I had seen this pointed out on Twitter, and I agree. Um, they left out the part with Rafiki doing like hitting him on the head and then saying, "Does it still hurt?" You know, yeah. no, but yeah, the past still hurts. You know, whatever it was. Right. Um, so I was disappointed they left that part out because I think that was like the the cherry on top to Rafiki's essentially what was his uh, like hype speech to get right. Simba pumped up. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it did what it needed to do for the most part. It's like if you really want to sit and which is like where the people that are the critics writing an actual Mm -hmm. uh, review, like I can see why they're sitting there really like nitpicking it. Yeah. You know, but it's like for an average person, it's like, did you walk out of there and feel like you wasted your money? And like, no, I didn't feel like I wasted my money. And I was like, that's good enough for me. And, you know, honestly, if, if I didn't have the old one to compare to, I feel like a ton more critics would have rated that positively. Like right. I think at last I knew it was like 60% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is better than what it started at. Yeah, exactly. But you know, a lot of those people probably had their own expectations based on the original, just like I kind of did. But as, as looking at the new movie in and of itself, I think it was a good movie. It is at 52 on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Oh, so it's falling even more. That's interesting. I saw today that the, well, the, but the audience score is an 88. Hmm. So that's the, uh, critics. So it's the give it a fifty-two, and then the audience gives it an eighty-eight, so which I would the, say is probably, like I said, the critics inherently almost have to go in and really be like they have to be critical. Yeah, you know, like they really are the ones that are picking it apart. Whereas the audience, they have a similar metric to what I do. Mm-hmm. Do I feel like I wasted my money? No, I do not. Okay, I give it a positive review. Yeah, you know, I got you. It was, it was, I mean, you could say, though, that it was the inverse of The Last Jedi, though, which had great critic reviews and terrible audience reviews. That's fair. So, yeah. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's and it's funny, too, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I've heard is from audience people is like, like, people I know that have seen it, it's like, they're like, it's okay, mm-hmm. you know? But then critics have it, it's like a 99 on, as far <laughs> yeah. as critics and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't, you know, it's it just is what it is, but yep. whatever. All right, man. Uh, there's something else I would say. Oh, Lady and the Tramp. That's uh, that's another one that they're doing. I saw. Are they? I saw that today. No way. I don't know how they're going to really make that one work, but mm. I guess we'll see. Lady and the Tramp. That'll be interesting. I saw that. I saw some, like, stills from it today. I'm. I, you know the the Mulan trailer, which w- played before the Lion King. Again, it looks good, but I think I've mentioned it before. Like, there's no Mushu, <laughs> which I think it's like. Well, how can you get rid of Mushu? He's such a big thing in the first Mulan. I think they're trying to get rid of a lot of like the cultural appropriation type uh, stuff. Yeah, probably. And that, which I don't know. Like, I I understand that thinking, but at the same, same time, I don't agree with it's it. It's another one of those things where I've not sat and critiqued Mulan recently enough to know. Like, what are they going to do next? So you know, they're kind of running out of things to. I mean. Do that's like they're, they're gonna have to I mean, back I in Notre Dame. that's one they haven't done i still think the eventually they're gonna do the kind of things where they they don't even go like especially for all these um ones where animals are the actual um characters characters like they're gonna actually make them so they're they're human representatives and it's gonna be like a real world reenactment kind of thing of similar situations that happen so basically it's just hamlet like with the lion king yeah because that's what the lion king story is yeah yep yeah so we're just gonna make a Hamlet movie, like a new, yep, 
current day Hamlet movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. I mean, you can again. You can just cast all the same people they cast for this new version of the Lion King. I think that that actually would be better for Donald Glover. There you go. I think it would be too, because he he's better when he can actually like you know move and use his face. Use and his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. Reminder: August twenty fourth, Barntown Brewing. Hope to see you there. Potentially. Uh, for a night with Sands and Fitz. Yeah, for a night with Sands and Fitz. <laughs> probably not, though, because Chris Williams would probably veto that within about 10 seconds. Well, hey, it, we just need a bunch of people to be like, hey, I want I want a night with Sands and Fitz. Everybody, everybody should tweet at Chris M. Williams on, on Twitter and just say, completely out of context, just say, I want a night with Stans and Fitz. That's all I want you to say. I am totally on board. At Chris M. Williams, I want a night with Stans and Fitz. I will personally retweet every I want a night with Stans and Fitz tweet I see. Yeah. And we're not going to tell him any of what it means. He has to listen to the podcast (laughs) to know. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you guys again soon. Peace.